This episode of the Cox Talks podcast brought to you by Amera Farm Service. Amera Farm Service for all your cargo, hotshot hauling needs. Call Ty Crothers and his team at Amera Farm Service to get whatever you need moved to wherever you need it. Move to safely, securely, on time, and at a price you can't beat. That's Amera Farm Service, proud sponsors of the Cox Talks podcast. Hey, what is up? Welcome back to episode 10 of the Cox Talks podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Episode 10. I made it. I made it. And I don't, again, I don't have the stats in front of me, but do you know how few podcasts make it to episode 10? The results actually might blow your mind. There's not a lot. A lot of people start a podcast. They get three or four episodes in and they call it quits. And they, you know, they don't even make it to 10. So, hey, we're on, we're on a roll here. We're on to something. This is great. I'm enjoying it. I do feel, I'm not going to lie, I do feel like I'm losing a bit of steam. Having said that, I've been getting a lot of good feedback, which is good. Um, I've been super busy lately with fall harvest here on the farm and uh, hockey has started up. So I'm coaching a lot of hockey. I'm trying to play some hockey, but I haven't got to many men's league games this year just because of my schedule and because of harvest and and whatnot. But I do feel like I'm losing steam with the podcast. Um, I'm sure you've noticed this podcast is actually out a couple days late. It's supposed to be out every other Monday. And uh, here we are late to the party again. But hey, it's fashionably late. We made 10 episodes. So suck it. I don't even care anymore. No, I'm just joking. I'll try and keep up. I'll try and keep up with the Monday drops. Um, it should get easier as as the weather cools down and harvest slows down here. It should get easier, and uh, lots of lots of ideas planned, lots of guests planned. It's just a matter of I got to take the time and get to them, plain and simple. So I've actually got quite a few things planned for today, uh, today's episode. Um, hopefully, I can get to them all. Like I said, I like to keep things you know under an hour or within an hour. If I go a little bit over, that's okay. But I want to keep your attention, and sometimes I feel like if you go too far over the the one hour mark, you guys lose attention. Or uh, you, yeah, you all got ADD out there, so you'll lose attention, and I'll lose your attention, and you just will quit listening. So we have a donut review. I want to fucking I want to just point out that I was one hundred percent correct about something I stated last episode. I have a little bit of a rant I would like to go on, and hey, we've got a new guest this week on the podcast. We have a new guest this week. Stick around to find out who if you haven't seen it on the social media. We have a female on the podcast today, and I know what some of you dicks are thinking out there. Yes, a female did agree to come on my podcast, and she did a great job, so we're going to get into that a little bit later. And yeah, it should be a good show. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I'm sorry it's late. Um, I got a lot of good feedback uh, last episode about my rant on uh, the Women's Network and things like that. Some people said I sound like a Closet Leafs fan. Um, that uh, that phone number has been deleted from my phone. I'll never talk to that human being again who called me a Closet Leafs fan. Okay, and here's the thing. I don't really hate the Leafs. 
I hate you Leaf fans out there. You unrealistic Leaf fans. You know who you are. Okay, you know who you are. It's the Leaf fans I hate. So I'm like the rest of the real world. We all hate the Leafs fans. And speaking of the Leafs, okay, I mentioned here a few seconds ago that I wanted to touch on something that I was 100% correct on. And that is the Leafs blowing chunks to start the season. I believe, if memory serves me correctly, I believed I predicted that Peter Mrazek would get hurt. What happened? Peter Mrazek is hurt. A groin pull, a groin tear, I'm not sure which, but I was right, okay? And then what else did I say? I also said that Jack Campbell was going to falter. He caught lightning in a bottle last season. There's no way he can he can keep up what he did last season. Guess what? Jack Campbell looks like a midget double-A goalie out there. Okay, he's been brutal. Now, I will... I will go on record and say he's he, he's not guy. He doesn't have a lot in front of him, but still, you got to stop the puck, man. That's what you're there for. You got a brand new contract, right? Or do you? I don't even fucking know. But um, yeah, stop the puck, Jack Campbell. Okay. So I went on record and said the Leafs goalies would suck, and they do. I went on record and said that you know, for the first five games of the season or whatever, the Leafs would suck. And I believe, was it in San Jose, a fan threw their jersey on the ice? Like five or seven games into the season. Maybe it was only three. So there, there's that. And of course, John Tavares and Marner and Willie Nees, Slick Willie and Austin, they're all under the microscope because they're just not producing. So I called it. So basically what I'm getting at is Cox Talks podcast. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit psychic here, okay? So... You know, maybe if you want your future read, you want me to read your future to you, get a hold of me um, in the in the social media, the Cox Talk social media. Get a hold of me. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and I'll break down what your future has in store for you. That could be fun, eh? And maybe we can do uh, one of these days, we can do a live phone-in show or maybe an interview. I'll do an interview where I read somebody's future, and I can <laughs> I can tell them what's coming down the pipe for them. So that was the first thing I wanted to touch on. I wanted to touch on me being 100% correct about the Leafs. And the last thing about that, and then we're going to move on, is I called you Leaf fans a bunch of thumb suckers, and that's exactly what you are all doing. You're all sucking your thumbs because your team is horrible right now, and you guys don't know what to do about it. And you're all a bunch of armchair GMs who have all the all the solutions figured out, right? You could be GM in a heartbeat because Kyle Dubas is dumb and has no idea what he's doing, right? You guys are all just sitting there sucking your thumbs because the Leafs suck, and I fucking love it. Fuck the Leafs. Fuck Kyle Dubas. Fuck Willie Nylander. Suck it, Leaf fans. And that's really all I got to say about the Leafs. Now moving on. Moving on. Our donut review. And actually... This couldn't have come at a better time because, as I stated earlier, late to the party with the podcast, and I didn't have a donut review for this week. Well, a lovely lady in agriculture agriculture, that we deal with on occasion, Miss Jessie Lynn Bodway, was kind enough to drop off some donuts that I have heard great, great things about, but have never had the opportunity to purchase any. Jesse Lynn Bodway 
visited the Kawartha Wholesale Bakery in Lindsay, Ontario. And she brought me two Boston cream. And it looks like two, um, yeah, maple glazed with some sort of filling. So, usually on the Cox Talks podcast, I've already sampled the donuts and I just give you a breakdown. This time, because I currently have one in my hand, the maple glazed, I'm going to do this donut review live. And I wish this was on YouTube so you guys could see how I absolutely dummy donuts. But now, for now, you're just going to have to listen to my chewing noises. So, here we go. Now, folks, yes. <laughs> this is a good donut. This might be as close to perfection in a donut that I've ever had. We've got we got a great size, perfect size for a donut. I don't think I could get through two of them. Yeah, who am I kidding? I definitely could. But I'm pretty sure I'd tap out after two. Nice, um, they're not too light. Like, they're not too light. They're not too heavy of a donut either. They're just perfect. Lots, like, obviously baked fresh this morning. Because there's still uh, lots of, they're very moist and lots of flavor here. The maple glaze is very delightful. That was like a custard filling. Oh my word. And that's it. That's it for the donut. Three bites. Maybe four. I don't even know. Almost lost a finger there, but that was a good goddamn donut. That might be, I might go out on a limb here. That might be the best donut I've had yet. Kawartha Wholesale Bakery. And I, like I said, a lot of people have told me about this bakery, but I've never been able to get up there. Oh my goodness. I'm probably eating the other three tonight. Just so you know. Can't wait to be, to weigh 300 pounds here shortly. So that's your donut review today. Uh, Yeah. Kawartha Wholesale Bakery. Check them out. I'm not sure where they're located. I believe they're located out behind the Lindsay Mall. And I mean, I'll tell you something else. Go over to the Lindsay Wholesale Bakery. Kawartha Wholesale Bakery. Get yourself a box of donuts. Pull up your pull up on a bench inside the Lindsay Mall. And don't you do some people watching up there. That's a, that'd be a nice little treat. People watching, eating donuts at the Lindsay Mall. Watching the people come in and out of Zellers or not fucking Zellers. That's not even a thing anymore. Winners. <laughs> people coming in and out of Winners. I think they've got I think they got a Burger King in the mall, maybe. I'm not I'm not sure. It's been a it's been a while since I've been in the Lindsay Mall, but hey, it's always great for people watching. That's for sure. The the whole town of Lindsay is great for people watching, if you really want to get into it. So there's the donut review. Thanks again to Jesse Lynn Bodway. She came through with the Kawartha Wholesale Bakery Donuts. And so far, so far, I think they're the best ones yet. I'm, I'm quite positive of it, for sure, for sure. And, of course, moving on, I'm trying to keep things rolling here because I, I got a lot to get to. So I'm not getting into the, the normal jibber-jabber that I get into. It's like I'm talking to myself sometimes like I'm doing right now. Anyways, so we had Jesse Lynn Bodway. So we got a little bit of a theme here. We have women in ag this week. Okay, so Jesse Lynn Bodway, lovely sales lady for uh, Agra Alliance out of Lindsay. 
and she works out of the Mount Albert office mostly. And uh, today's guest, Katie Grove. Katie Grove from Spring Grove Agri, farm girl, farmer, and wife of a farmer. She does it all over there at Spring Grove Agri. I'm pretty sure if she wasn't around, the boys over there would just shut the lights out and go home because, uh, hey, she, from what I see, she does everything over there while the boys just hang out in the shop and talk on their phones. So, listen, we're going to bring Katie Grove in. And the reason for this is I wanted to get a hold of her or, or a lady in ag. Uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago on Twitter, there was a big debate about whether the term farm wife is offensive or not. And first and foremost, I couldn't believe that somebody had the actual time to waste in their day worrying about whether the term farm wife is offensive or not. Personally, my personal opinion on it, I don't think it's it's offensive at all because as you'll hear me say in the interview, like, Behind every successful farmer is a good farm wife. And speaking as a kid who grew up where my mom was heavily involved in the farm, she did it all. She milked cows. She drove tractors. She cooked meals. She ripped my brother and I all over Ontario to play hockey. She whooped our asses when we needed it with the wooden spoon. Um, I mean, a farm wife is a jack of all trades, really. There's nothing they cannot do. Um and I just don't, I didn't understand, I didn't understand how this, this lady on Twitter could find a way to say that a farm wife, the term farm wife was offensive. It just, it didn't mesh with me. So for all you farm wives out there, if you're offended by me using the term farm wife, please let me know. I'd love to hear your reasoning behind it. Okay. And um, let me know also what ladies out there because I do have a lot of lady listeners I can't believe it but I do all you ladies out there that are the wives of farmers get a hold of me on social media and let me know what you think of the term farm wife it's not really a hot button topic you know like like trying to cancel Dave Chappelle or and all that jazz but within the ag world I mean some people some people totally agreed with it some people had a good chuckle out of it but from my personal standpoint, a farm wife is probably the most integral part of a farming operation. That's my opinion. I don't think you should be offended by the term farm wife. That's just how I feel. So listen, let's bring in Katie Grove, Spring Grove Agri. So here on the Cox Talks podcast, we have another guest, our first female guest on the Cox Talks podcast, farm girl, farmer, and wife of a farmer extraordinaire, all the way from the greater Blackstock area in Ontario, Miss Katie Grove. Katie, how are you this evening? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So... Are you uh, are you a little are you a little nervous to be on the Cox Talks podcast? You told me that you were a little bit nervous. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's a well known podcast these days. Well, let's not get carried away. There's there's no pressure here. There's no pressure here. <laughs> so, as I stated in your interview, you are a farmer. You are the wife of a farmer. Yeah, and you 
are all things agriculture based on your social media page and just knowing you um, from in and in and around farm functions here in the greater Durham region area. Did you, did you grow up on a farm? Yeah, I, um, I grew up on a small beef farm in BC actually. In BC. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you met your, your husband, Luke at Olds college yes. in Alberta. Yes. Yes. The infamous Olds college. Now I've been to Olds college. I've been to the pub at Olds college. Many, probably many years before, before you children were attending, <laughs> but, but what a place, what a place to get an education. Oh, yes. Let's put it that way. So what, what did you take? So being a girl from BC, what did you take at Olds college? What attracted you to go to Olds college? Um, so my brother actually went the year before I did, uh, for heavy duty egg mechanic. And I went to visit him. I, more or less fell in love with the campus and the boys really. Um, and then decided I would take agricultural management and my specialty was supposed to be production. And that's also actually what Luke took. And then into my second year, my parents moved from BC off the farm to Alberta. So I realized production wasn't um, going to be a focus for me. So I switched to marketing and really did nothing with my schooling after that. Well, join the club. I mean, <laughs> on the first episode, I stated that I went to high school or high school. Yeah, I went to high school. I went to college <laughs> for broadcasting. And aside from the Uxbridge tractor pull, this is all I'm doing with it. So don't feel so bad about yourself. So to be clear, you weren't one of these. So you, you met your husband, um, Luke, again, at Olds College, um, but you were a farm girl. So you moved home to Ontario before you were engaged and married. Is that also correct? Yeah, I actually moved here when I was 19. We had just finished college, um, decided long distance wasn't for us. So I packed up and moved east. You just followed that strapping young man all the way back to <laughs> back home to Ontario here. eh? Good for you. Yeah. For you. Yep. And then I worked um, like in the egg industry for a few years, worked at a dairy farm. And then started farming full-time with Luke in 2019. Perfect. So that leads me to my next question, actually. Um, tell us about your, tell us about your operation, Spring Grove. It's Spring Grove Agri. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So yep, tell Spring us, Grove Agri. Tell us about, tell us about your operation. Um, yeah. So we have, we do cash crop, wheat, beans, corn, um, and then we also have a sheep business that we have a couple business partners with. We have about 850 breeding yos. Um, and then, yeah, we cash crop a few thousand acres. So it keeps us pretty busy. And quite a bit of custom work too, as well, or just you kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, the majority of our stuff is custom. Okay. Very good. Very good. So to be clear. You know, you weren't some um, you weren't some city girl that, you know, Luke went down to a bar in Toronto or a bar in Calgary one night and found himself a city girl and, you know, convinced her that being the wife of a farmer was all about, you know, kissing in the hay mow and and <laughs> sun, sunset walks along the hay field and, and, you know, things of you know what I mean? Things of that very, yeah, no, I've never, very movie like to uh, experience any of that, really, my nice farm dates are me and one tractor and him and another 
<laughs> way. That's maybe the way it should be. You know, <laughs> that's that's I don't know. That's the way I look at it. So let's get into something else here. Um, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, there was a debate um, about whether the term I'm just I mean, I'm going to be blunt about it. A debate on whether the term farm wife was a for lack of a better term well not derogatory but it brought people a, a young lady on twitter thought it brought too much negativity to wives of farmers where right. do you where do you stand now now i know i stated you are you're a farmer but you're also the wife of a farmer and we're going to yeah. get into that we're going to get into that a little bit later but where do you stand on the term farm wife um, I do take pride in being a farm wife some days. Um, so far this week, I mean, it's only Tuesday, but we've had two rain days and I've been the farm wife the last two days. Luke's working on the combine, switching it over to corn. So I'm happy to keep him fed, keep the parts coming, you know, doing the books, all that when that's needed. But I don't look at myself as a farm wife first and foremost. Why do you think, like, without getting too deep into it, because we all know this is not a very thought-provoking podcast, but why do, you, why do you think some women may be offended by the term farm wife? Um, it's, it's the feminist side of people, probably, um, that it maybe just limits them to a certain role and they can't step out of that role. If they're labeled just a farm wife. Right. Okay. I understand. So, so I'm going to use the term because I don't feel as though you're offended by the term farm wife. No, I, I think it's great when that rule needs to be filled. Okay. So you kind of touched on it, on it a, a few minutes ago. What are the, I'm going to call them jobs, but let's say roles what are the roles of a farm wife around the farm? I guess it would depend on each operation, but the farm wife roles um, in my house and in my relationship would be, I do all the cooking, three meals a day. Um, I actually don't do all the cleaning. Luke does help out a little bit. I do our invoicing. Um, our company is a bit complicated because we do have a construction site. So we do have an accountant. So I don't have to do all of it, but I do all of our invoicing. Um, you know, I, I get parts. I am always at hubs. I run around, I get people coffee and I'm happy to help because I am not servicing the combine. <laughs> well, I know you're always on the run because I spotted you at the grain elevator a couple weeks ago. I think you're bringing in a sample of beans, maybe for a moisture test. And, um, yeah, you were in a hurry. Yes. You were, you were yes. in a hurry for sure. That was the sure. second sample I brought in. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, okay. So let's leave your farm wife hat on here for a second. Sure. What do you, what do you have to say? And, and the reason I ask is because my better half, she is what she considers a country girl. I I vary on that statement with her, but she date she claims, I mean, aside from my handsome good looks, 
she right. claims <laughs> she claims that the reason she wanted to be with a farmer was because she thought she was going to get you know kissing in the haymow and and you know all that all that movie farm wife stuff and i think that's because on i and you might know this i think that's because on one season of the bachelor wasn't the bachelor a farmer and yes, you know of course on on reality tv in connotations you know that's what the farmer bachelor did you know he took them on all these movie farm dates and she thought that's what it was going to be like so for these yeah. ladies, for these ladies that aren't um, specifically farm girls and they expect all that, what kind of advice do you have, say, for a lady that moves out of the city and knows nothing about farming, but somehow finds a ring on her finger? What advice do you have for those ladies coping with being married to a farmer? Um, I guess I was kind of in a similar situation when I moved here because I did grow up on just a very small beef operation. So no big equipment, um, very minimal field work. So when I moved here at 19 and Luke, we moved like May 5th, we got back here. So Luke was right into planting beans. Um, I worked for an egg retailer in Lindsay and I thought, oh, great, I'm done at five. I'll go ride around the tractor with them, bring them dinner. <laughs> it's still romantic, you know. It's not, it's dirty. The buddy seats suck. Um, but I guess you just have to make the most of the time that you do get with your significant other. And if you want to be around, you got to make yourself useful, whether that's meals, parts, all of that stuff. Right. Right. Because I know one, one place that we struggle to is my significant other. She is a teacher. So she has the entire summer off, right? So she's always trying to book, right. oh, let's go here for this weekend or let's go there for that weekend. I do get every other weekend off here on the dairy farm, um, depending on if we're doing hay or wheat or whatever. But it's yeah, it's very you cannot make plans for a vacation when you're a farmer. You just can't do it. Uh, yeah, I've learned that the hard way as well. Um, we still our trips that we go on are always back out west to see my family. And it's normally for four days or I go alone, um, that kind of stuff, because Luke is busy, but we're in tractor six months of the year. And then we lamb three times a year and you just got to get used to doing things by yourself. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's actually, you know what? I will give credit where it's due. She has become very good. She's even went to a couple weddings by herself. Um, she's yeah. vacationed by herself. She's gotten quite used to it. And you know what? I think she quite enjoys it because the farmer in me, <laughs> And I'm sure it's the same with Luke. When we go away somewhere on vacation, we can't sit still. Like our mind no. is always going, right? So she actually prefers to go by herself. So, yeah, I mean, Luke and I, we've talked about going south a couple of times, but I don't think he can sit on a beach for five days. Well, you know what the secret is there. <laughs> and, um, and we did it was we went on a cruise a couple summers ago. We did. We went on a cruise to the Greek islands and, okay. and Jamie's theory was that, you know, Every day you wake up in a different location. So there's always something different to go and see and do. And that right. was her theory on keeping me entertained. And it worked. I loved the cruise. I'm, I'm not going on a cruise anytime soon after this whole pandemic thing. But I loved it <laughs> because that's exactly it. You get up, you have your breakfast, you go on, you get off the ship, you have your excursion or whatever. You get back on the ship and you just get floor licking drunk. I mean, it's, it's perfect, perfect. right? <laughs> but it, it, it kept me occupied. I didn't get that. Like you say, I sit on, sitting on a beach for five straight days. So that gets pretty boring. Cause then you're like, Oh, well, 
geez, I wonder what would grow in this sand, right? Or you see the beach groomer out and you're like, that's a pretty nice tractor. Wonder if he'd let me drive it, right? Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So we kind of got the farm wife thing, but what, one more question actually for the farm wife. Um, let's take a farm wife from say 1975 and a farm wife now. I'm a big believer that as much as that role has changed, it has stayed the same. If you get what I mean, like, what's your thoughts on that? Has, do you think it has evolved? Oh, yeah, vastly? absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, even myself, like I love to cook. Um, and like I said, previously, I make all our meals, um, all that stuff. And my mother-in-law is a really good example of that. She always had cooked meals for the guys, all of that stuff. So I've taken on that role, but then, like you said, my role has also evolved. So I do that. Plus then I go to the field. Right. And so I, I know, guess it's changed in that. Like there's just more hats to wear really. Yeah, no. And I, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, behind every successful farmer is a good farm wife. That's, that's my theory. Um, Absolutely. I know, I know when my brother and I were growing up, um, it was my dad and my grandfather. Uh, they did all the milking and everything. My brother and I were too young, but um, my mom was a nurse when my grandfather died, my mom actually went to casual time nursing and she was in the barn milking with my dad every morning. Um, in the summertime, she ran the square baler. She could run the round baler. She raked hay. She cooked meals. She ran and got parts. Yeah, she she literally did it all. And um, yeah. that's why I say and, you know, that was back in the 90s. So that's kind of why I say, you know, as much as it's evolved, it has stayed the same. I do think women now uh, and again, I'll use the term farm wives. I do think farm wives are even more involved now than they ever were with the running of equipment and the business yes. side of, and the business side of farms too. That's my belief. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I know um, even in Blackstock alone, there's quite a handful of uh, female farmers and uh, there's definitely more women my age that you see at those different meetings um, that we get to go through throughout the summer. Um, so it's nice to not be the only girl in the room anymore. Yeah, for sure. Now there's something I noticed too. And, and I noticed it. See, I lived in Alberta and I farmed out there for eight years and I didn't really notice it there. Um, but when I moved back to Ontario, I noticed, and I don't know if it's, if it's an actual thing, if it's always been like this, or if the whole women in ag movement, which I'm, Hey, I think it's great. I, I honestly yeah. do. I'm not, I'm not one of these crusty old farmers it's like ah oh, she's just a girl blah 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not like that but do you think have women always been this involved in ag is this is this a new trend where they're getting more involved or do you, is social media putting the magnifying glass magnifying this this whole movement even more yeah I was actually just gonna say I think it is social media like um there's a platform to show what you do, what you're proud of and how you contribute to your business where before um, women were busy at home cooking, raising kids, um, you never saw them where now maybe that's still the case, but there's, there's a platform where they can share all that. Yeah, exactly. Now, another question you said when you first moved to Ontario here, you worked for an ag retailer. Did you work in the sales? Were you just working in the office? Like what was your role there? Uh, yeah, I did a bit of sales, uh, seed, chemical, a lot of uh, soil samples, scouting, because um, I was fresh out of college, um, right. a lot of that stuff. 
So here's the question. So did you get any, you know, did you have any negative experience with those crusty old farmers that I just spoke about when a girl drove in their driveway and tried to sell them some decalb corn or something? Uh, yeah, they're definitely out there. I don't have any experiences that really stick out to me, but um, I could give them an opinion on something and they definitely want to cross-reference with my boss. Um, whether that was me being a girl or that was me being fresh out of college, I they never really said, but. Right. Yeah. Cause I know one yeah. thing's for sure. Like the, some of these old farmers and it, I, it won't be very long till I'm an old farmer either, but some of these old farmers are so set in their way and they're such traditionalists that they, yeah. fa- they, I think sometimes they fail to see that, you know, Hey, the women in ag movement is here. It's here to stay. And there's nothing a, a, man can do within agriculture that a woman can't that's my theory yes, and, exactly. I, and i think i think there's a lot of these guys that, that fail to see that for sure so yeah so let's put your farmer hat on now what sure. are what are your roles as the farmer around spring grove agra uh i'm the primary operator of the drill i plant all the winter wheat and all the soybeans cover crops Um, I do most of the tillage occasionally get to run the combine, but that's not very often. Um, and that's about it really. I help out in the sheep operation a little bit. Um, but our business partners primarily do that and they excel at it. So have you got your truck license yet? No, I refuse to. I can drive a truck. My, uh, my dad is a truck driver, so I've been able to drive a truck my whole life. (laughs) Um, but I'm not going through Port Perry with a set of trains. Well, let's not get, don't get me going on driving through Port Perry. Oh, right. We'll Port just, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just, we'll just leave that out. But, um, cause I had one of my, one of my aunts and, um, all my, my mom and all her sisters grew up on a farm and they actually all vowed when they were little girls that they would never marry farmers. Guess what happened? They all married yeah. farmers. So one of my and one of my aunts actually told my better half, hey, if I can give you one piece of advice about being, you know, a farmer's wife, it's don't never learn how to drive the tractor, because once you learn, you're always in it. That's what I say to um, to Luke. I say there's got to be one thing I can't do. And that's going to be drive legally drive a truck. (laughs) Legally. Yeah. No, I you know what? I don't I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. So. Um, how are you like, how are you with mechanics? Let's say you have an issue with your drill. Are you the one that gets out to fix it and roll around in the mud or do you call hubby over and he looks after it? Um, bit of both. I, I can do the, the basic things like, you know, change a Y splitter, change a sensor, um, unplug my runs, that kind of stuff. But anything really beyond that, I call Luke, my husband or Luke Carnigan, our business partner. Right. Yeah. I just They're on speed I were, dial or our salesman. <laughs> if if I were you, I would just be calling them all the time. But that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. There's been a few times I've threatened to just leave the tractor in the field. Yeah. So how many acres a year <laughs> typically do you get over with that drill out of curiosity? Oh, um, actually, we just added up our wheat acres. I did about 700 acres of wheat this fall and then... Oh, probably 800 of beans. Okay. So you're, when you get in there, you're a busy girl. So how yeah. do you, cause 
how do you find the time then, especially during planting season, um, whether it's wheat or beans, and then especially in harvest season too, how do you find the time to be a farmer and a farm wife? Good question. Um, I'm lucky at, like I said earlier, my dad is a long haul truck driver. So my mom always throws him meals and he has this little portable oven that he would cook his meals in at night. Um, so I've taken that tip from my mom. I spend, we don't work Sundays. So I spend my Sundays meal prepping, basically freeze all these meals and then just get up early, pack our breakfast, lunch, a frozen meal for dinner and carry on. So which role do you like better, the farmer or the farm wife? If, um, you, had to, if you had to pick one tomorrow, if you can either do one or the other, but you can't do both, which would you choose? A uh, farmer. Really? Yep. Yep. You just I've learned like, to you love just equipment. Like it. Well, very well. And you're working with the right people if you've learned to love equipment. Because those yep. boys, those boys over there in Blackstock, they love their equipment for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's good. That's uh, hey, the more the more ladies we have running this big equipment and showing us men up, the better, in my opinion. I think it's great. I think it's great. Finally, and then I'm going to let you go. I know you're a busy lady and the sun's supposed to come out tomorrow. So you've probably got meal prep planned for all evening tonight. <laughs> I've, I've got a roast in the in the oven already. Well, there you go. What time supper? I will be right over. What time are you eating? Seven? Yeah, it should be perfect. If yeah, six thirty-seven. Yeah, I'll I'll slide right over. Um, to <laughs> all the to all the the new or up and coming or young farm wives out there, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, that's tough. I would say the best thing to do is to learn. Like I did not grow up with this big equipment that we are fortunate enough to have. And, uh, like I had an open cab tractor to feed my cows. Um, I didn't really learn how to run equipment until five years ago. So just ride along in the buddy seat if you want. Um, and then you slowly just, someone will put you in a tractor and say, figure it out. Yeah. Sink or swim. Right. Yeah. Basically. And if you could give a piece of advice to equipment manufacturers, you would tell them to improve their buddy seats. Yeah. Or, um, they should all have heated seats. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> That'd be really nice. Yeah. Or yeah. Heated and or air conditioned seats. That'd right. Be nice, yes. Very for important sure. for wheat harvest. <laughs> well, um, I know you said you don't get to run the combine, and I'm pretty sure Case offers it too. But if you talk Luke into a Kloss combine, heated and air conditioned seats in those bad boys. Oh, okay. So keep, I'll have to talk to him. Yeah, you keep that in mind. Are all red scheme over here? Yes, I, I, I know that. Yes. So, anyways, <laughs> well, Katie, thank you very much for joining us on the Cox Talks podcast. I'm guessing it went a lot easier and a lot smoother than you had envisioned. Yeah, it was a breeze. Thanks for inviting me on. Yes, no problem. And um, you know what? You We might get you back on sometime. Anytime I think I see something that might offend women in ag on Twitter, I might just call you and get you on the, pot, the Cox Talks podcast. Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, listen, I love thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Keep listening. I know you're a, you're a proud supporter of the Cox Talks podcast. Keep listening. And don't forget, Katie, 
Tell your fucking friends about the Cox. Talks oh, podcast. I told my mom. I think she listened to all your episodes over the weekend. Oh, great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, once again, thanks for coming on, Katie, and we will catch up with you later. Perfect. Thank you. So there you have it, folks. Katie Grove, Spring Grove Agri, our first female guest on the Cox Talks podcast. And you know what? I think it went relatively well. I think it, no, not relatively. It went very well. Um, what a pleasure to have on the show and, and get uh, get her insight on the whole, you know, farm wife, farm life uh, concept that's out there. This being a heavily, heavy agriculture area, and I feel as though a lot of my listeners are quite involved in agriculture too. I thought, hey, why not? Uh, why not get her on? And um, why not get her on and just get the you know the female perspective of the farming side? So if you want to, if you want to catch up with Katie, you can follow her on Instagram at Katie Grove fourteen on Instagram. That's Katie Grove fourteen on Instagram. She's always posting pictures of uh, the stuff she's doing around the farm and making meals and. And uh, all that fun stuff. So check her out on Instagram, Katie Grove 14 Again, Katie, thanks for coming on the Cox Talks podcast. So finally, um, I guess this is finally. Uh, I said earlier in the show I wanted to go on a little bit of a rant. And I don't know how this is going to come off with some people. I'm sure some people are going to strongly disagree with me. But um, this is something that I picked up on over the weekend. And it's something that I, I just, you know what? I've got something to say about it. So I thought... I have my own platform. Why not? So, um, and I apologize if this gets a little somber, but um, that, you know what? Fuck it. This is the way it is. So on the weekend, locally here, um, oh, there was a very tragic accident involving some young teenagers from the area, and uh, naturally, uh, after the accident happened, it happened in the middle of the night, and a young man from the area lost his life in the accident and um, I mean naturally of course everybody wakes up the next morning and there's articles and and postings and news clips posted all over social media regarding this accident now the problem with these these articles and these clips is they give a very vague detail of what happened and and truth be told it's it's nobody's business what happened in the accident. There was, there was a truckload of teenagers um, that were, you know, returning from being out that night. And uh, sadly, the truck rolled. And as I said earlier, a young man lost his life. And everybody else that was in the vehicle was, um, there's, there's some in critical condition. And there's some in serious condition. Um, as I understand it now, they're all they're all they're all they're all on the road to recovery so that's that of course is great news but um but what struck me was all the all these articles on social media and stuff and i mean i guess it's the new thing it's the new thing to do and it's it's here to stay is posting these things on social media but what really ticked me off actually was you know the people that are reading these articles which themselves give very vague details okay and sometimes all the details aren't even correct but the people that jump on there and, you know, some of the comments read, well, where were these kids' parents? What was such and such an age of a young girl doing driving at that time of night? Why were there so many people in the vehicle? And so on and so forth. And just just condemning the actions of these children and condemning the, 
the parents of these children for not necessarily knowing where their kids were. And quite frankly, I think you people that spoke up and asked those questions and pointed those fingers, I think shame on you, okay? They were kids out being kids, okay? I understand maybe not everything that they were doing in that vehicle or that evening is 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 allowed, for lack of a better term. I understand that it's maybe dangerous. I, I get all that, but they're kids. They're goddamn kids, okay? These people that pointed, you people that pointed your finger, as I said earlier, at the parents or at the kids and condemned them for what they were doing, you can sit there and you can honestly tell me you've never done anything wrong in your life. You've never done anything that might put yourself or others in danger. You were a perfect child yourself growing up. You were a perfect parent who knew where their children were all the time. Bullshit you were. Bullshit you were. A young man lost his life Saturday night and you ignorant pukes want to come on social media with your false allegations, your snide comments, and quite frankly, spewing social media with your bullshit? Shame on you. Take a look in the mirror. Ask yourself if something like that happened to your children or a family member or somebody you loved and you jumped on social media and saw people accusing the kids of stealing the vehicle. That was one I saw that almost made me puke. A lady, and I'm not going to name names, a lady accused those children of stealing the vehicle they were driving. Heaven forbid something like this ever happens to someone close to you or you. Because I know damn well you wouldn't like this stuff fucking said about you. And the, the biggest thing that I noticed too is the majority of these people that were making the comments. And, and CTV News actually interviewed an a, a older gentleman and his comment was, where are these children? Where what are the kids doing out this late at night? They're out at night being kids. What are they supposed to do? Are you supposed to, as a parent, are you supposed to take your child's, your your kid's childhood away from them and just keep them locked in their room the whole time? These children have had a hard enough time in the last, I don't know, eighteen to twenty months with this whole pandemic and the lockdown thing. You can't take their childhood away from them. You got to let kids be kids. And I'm not a parent. Everybody knows that. So maybe I'm speaking out of term here, but you can't take that stuff away from your kids and you can't have your eyes on your kid the whole, their entire life either. But the majority of the people making these comments are the what I would consider the older generation, okay? So people who have children my age in their 30s or late 20s. I'm sorry, but I'm going to refer to you as the older generation. You are the ones making these stupid comments. Yet you are the ones that are supposed to be setting the example on how to be parents and how to be good citizens to the younger generation. And you're the ones spreading this negativity. Shame on you. If you don't have something positive or something supportive to say after an incident like this on social media, don't say anything at all. 
Because believe it or not, the families of these people involved in these accidents read those comments and your name is attached to them. You have no idea what happened that night. The only people that may know what happened were the people in that, it were the children in that truck. And there's a very good chance they don't even know what happened. So keep your assumptions and your allegations to yourself. Their children and their lives, sadly, are going to be changed forever. There's a lot of people affected by this accident in a very bad way. And when you come on social media and you spew your bullshit all over, it does not help the situation. Take a look in the mirror. Grow up. Stop pointing the finger at the younger generation. Because believe it or not, you were the younger generation at one time too. And to the kids affected by this accident, if at any time you need any help at all, reach out and get help. If you need somebody to talk to, Find somebody to talk to, okay? There's no shame in talking and dealing with these issues. Kids your age should never have to go through anything like this in their lives. And to the family who lost the young man in this accident, um, honest to God, you you know who you are and, and you know who I am. I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but... Um, I wish I wish I could find the words... Um, I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. This has been episode 10 of the Cox Talks podcast. Thanks for listening.